Can I just say despised is such a strong word? <laughs> well. I despised his verses. Well. Well. <laughs> well. Like there was nothing redeemable about it at all. No, because there, there right. wasn't. Okay. Continue. That was a waste of my time and a waste of his time, clearly. And attire. Yeah. I don't even know what you wore to that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Let The Stands. This is season six, episode ten, and you're here today with your host Eads McKenzie and Shopper. And we're missing a member today, but a very special shout out to him because we know he's currently out on the streets protesting what's going on in Palestine. Um, there's a lot going on at the moment, um, way too much to actually just focus on one specific area. So what we thought we would do as a podcast is kind of spotlight a charity. So Save the Children is a charity that you can get, you can donate to. And this is a charity that helps um, children around the world. I want to give a special shout out to Shabs, um, who runs a company called Beard Influence as well. I know that he is trying to raise some funds to send to um, Save the Children as well. So our hearts go out to Palestine. I also hear there's some stuff going on in Colombia as well and Uganda. I apologize. I don't watch the news, guys, but... Um, Obviously, hearing about things like this is awful, and in any way we can help, as always, we're, ho- we're open to spreading any charities that we Any can, resources, um, initiatives, any information. Anything. Uh, GoFundMe. Anything whatsoever. Those kind of things. So, yeah. Yeah. Just, just let us know. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it is sad to hear. Um, and it's a, I know it's a very kind of complicated situation, but lives have been lost and there's a lot going on at the moment and we are sending our love to Palestine um, and Palestinians around the world at the moment because we know and have seen the history of what's been going on. So um, we're sending our support. Um, but what we'll do is we'll go straight into the episode. Please remember the charity Save the Children. We'll put it in the bio. Um, and like we said, share anything um, and let us know. You can find us at DATSPOD um, or email us directly at DATSPOD at gmail.com. Cool. We'll go straight into the episode. Um, so, Shope, we had a great conversation before this podcast, um, which always seems to happen. But um, how are you doing this week? Um, so, you know, as always, I'm tired. But I, like I said, I feel that I'm just in a much better space um, now that all those articles have been done. So, like, I'm tired, but it's kind of like, it's just the general work, capitalism, tiredness. It's not as as overwhelming and as as it had been in the last few months. But um, I, I'm generally, I'm generally good, um, you know, generally, like, um, I'm seeing some of my friends today, so that'll be fun. I was with a few friends um, yesterday. Um, so, it's, yeah, and I think I just really, really as much as i love being alone i definitely consider myself an introvert there's definitely um a great feeling that comes from just having a good evening with your friends some good conversations some good food and you know you know me a nice chardonnay pinot grigio you know bad and bougie (laughs) yes you in this middle class Um, life i love it I love it. I always say to Chope that in this new space, whenever he voice notes me, there's an echo in his apartment now. So I'm just like, I can hear the kind of fluffy <laughs> slippers and the the whole middle class yes. lifestyle. He said Chardonnay, you know, like, like we, but, we love um, to hear it, man. Yeah, we love to hear and then, it. yeah so um, I'm very, very um, 
happy uh, my Dawn Rashad interview came out on Monday um, on Clash magazine and um, yeah, that was um, huge for me because it was actually funny Nick's not here so he, it's a shame he could have spoken more to this but me and Nick actually went out to Westfield last November or something and I and I said to him oh I said I feel like they need to, I need to write about Dawn like it's time blah 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 and at this time I didn't even know she was releasing an album this year I was just I was just speaking generally like I need to write about her and then obviously she now she's releasing an album and I was like oh my god I definitely need to interview her so I did and you know um, me and her had an incredible 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 conversation one of the best not interviews just conversations that I've had with an artist like we were on Zoom for two hours it was just a banging experience that I'm forever grateful for and I feel that really came out in the article and I I definitely think it's one of the best interviews that I've I've written and I just couldn't believe um so, so first was to everyone who's read it and tweeted me and dm'd me thank you to everyone who's read it but I've still I am still shocked at the amount of love that she herself showed like so like she tweeted it she put it on her Instagram her Instagram story uh, she DM'd me some lovely messages and she was just made me feel like, yeah, she was very appreciative of what I wrote and she felt that I really like um told her story with um with integrity and beauty and everything like that. And it just meant the world to me because I'm not gonna lie to you, I was um at my wit's end writing that. I definitely not gonna lie, could be vulnerable. I definitely was from writing Rochelle and the other one that is get to come. I was at a point where I, I just was just, my brain was just kaput. I was just done. And still while recording the show and still doing capitalism. And I think I've deeped on a side note how how intense my day job is. Like, but we'll get to that later. Um, so yeah, no, so I definitely initially, not going to lie to you, I was at a point where I was like, I just wanted to rush it out and bang it out. But I'm glad I caught myself because I was like, no, this is someone you've loved for 16 years at this point And you've really watched her journey as an indie artist and, you know, more so than most people. Like, and I was, I was always saying, like, I feel like I'm one of the few people that can truly tell her story accurately with care um, and with love. So I was like, no, I have to do her justice. So I'm glad I caught myself and I gave, and I gave that art call my all and I really nitpicked at it and just really wrote something that I can be proud of, not just, get out there just to get out there so then to see the, the love I got from her afterwards it just it was just like I'm glad I'm glad that I caught myself because I definitely felt I felt that I was just like let me just rush this out because I just was done but yeah but yeah. yeah yeah well congratulations on that man and thanks for being vulnerable um I know that's a big thing um on this podcast being vulnerable and thank you for doing that and yeah so if you haven't read the article check it out guys <laughs> Yeah, I was just literally about to say that. Check out the article if you can. Um, cool. So it's glad to hear. I'm glad to hear in that space, Shopee. Um, so me. Um, so this week has been a week full of anger, um, which is an emotion that I haven't allowed myself to feel um, throughout my life for different reasons. And um, I've been, I've spoken on this podcast about the kind of depression I was in for the longest time and um, how I had to come out of it through um, therapy, but also how I was um, on antidepressants for the longest time as well. And um, speaking to my therapist, one of the stages of getting out of a tough place is um, feeling emotions, 
um, feeling anger, for example. And Chopin and I have spoken for the longest time about emotions and how they play. And I think it's important on this podcast that um, we talk about how we're feeling, you know, honesty. Like we talk a lot about how we feel either good or bad, um, but there are some emotions that we don't pay attention to. And it took me the longest time to realize that anger is actually okay. Um, one thing that um, I thought is we forgot to mention that last week was Mental Health Awareness Week. And um, I wanna share a tip with you guys, which helps me with my mental health. Um, and this comes from a book that I recently read. Um, and it talks about the way to um, look at emotions and deal with emotions in a more um, constructive type of way. It's not saying to yourself, you shouldn't feel the emotion. It's dealing with the energy from where it comes from. So for example, I said I was feeling, I was feeling quite angry this week. The best thing you can do in that situation is feel the kind of heat that comes with anger and convert it into passion. If you feel anxious, convert that into excitement. If you feel um, happy, it, it's bit, sorry. If you feel sad, it's it's a very similar um, emotion to um, some kind of happy emotions as well. It's not saying don't feel the emotion. It's saying try to do the best you can with the energy you currently have as well. So. What I've been trying to do with my anger this week is be a bit more passionate. I've been drawing, I've been having debates and conversations with people, and it's a great way to exert the energy um, because that's all emotions are at the end of the day. They are um, energy that we feel within ourselves and we attach it to a thought, um, which then helps us decide how we deal with it and everything. Um, I don't know if that helps anyone, but it's a great way to deal with emotions that you feel are building up and are quite heavy. Um, but in terms of how I've been this week, it's been it's been a very tough week because I'm dealing with completely new emotions. Um, and that's where I'm at, if I'm completely honest. And I've got to say thank you to Chope. Um, I know he says I do pseudo-therapist when we talk on this podcast. But when we're actually in the WhatsApp conversation, it's usually him that's in the therapy chair. Um, so I want to get say thank you to him on this platform um, because I don't know where I would be mentally if I didn't have friends like Chope, like Alex, like Khalil, like all of these people who have um, given me a space, like the listeners as well. Um, I know I say it's kind of weird, but I really do appreciate the love that you guys send to this podcast. Actually, that reminds me. Well, it's somewhat, we had a very lovely tweet. Yeah. You can read it. Yeah, someone sent us a tweet and I want to give them a shout out very quickly because when I say to you guys that these tweets mean a lot, I'm not exaggerating. Um, I genuinely really appreciate you guys. Um, and I'm sorry, we really appreciate you guys. Um, let me just find the tweet real quick. Cool. So there was a tweet that we received from someone called Lo-Fi Mirror Vigilia. And the tweet said, I got to say, at the risk of oversharing, I started listening to Dat's pod a little more than a year ago when I was really at a low point and just started a therapeutic path. Then I went back and listened to all seasons and kept doing so while I was slowly getting better. So now that I'm good, even when I'm listening and I get distracted, just the sound of your voices feel like soothing. Amazing the connections our body make. Thank you very much for that comment and to everyone who sends us love on this platform. Um, we are three individual people, three very human people. And when we feel like we've made someone's day through just having conversations and sharing music, it honestly makes a massive difference to 
our lives. Um, and I don't want anyone to ever feel like we don't see these comments and appreciate them for what they are. So thank you very much for that. And we will continue to kind of bring music to you guys in the way that we can. And speaking and, of, oh, go on. And I was going to say, that was even more um, humbling because this person's from Berlin. So it's just like, wow, they're not even wow from the UK. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. Shout out to Berlin. I had no idea about that. So thank you very much for listening. No, sure I saw that too. And I was that. just like, um, wow. It just really um, means a lot to hear comments like that, especially just beyond the whole, oh my God, you guys are so funny or you guys had a great take on this. This is like, you know, because I, you know, me and Eden and Nick, we all listen to our various podcasts for our own sense of like, you know, escapism and enjoyment and just, you know, finding people we can identify with for just whatever the topic is. So to know that we are the, we are that for some people in this awful world. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's really appreciated. Um, and what we'll do is we'll continue to talk about music. So saying that, let's go straight into the music section. So Shope, do your thing, man. Yes, I'm going to get into the listeners this week. And so there's two here that I don't know if I should mention because we're, about to, we're going to discuss them later in the show. <laughs> um, so I think Eden would know who those are. Yeah. <laughs> SWV and Escape, you know, of course we're against that later. <laughs> Um, so naturally, as you can imagine, you know, I've been listening to a lot of both of them this week as after the verses, so I won't go into depth, I'll, but I'll just say, I'll just say the particular album. So SWV's I Missed Us, that was their reunion album from 2012. I've been listening to that a lot this week. I'll go into detail when we discuss the verses, but I just want to shout out that particular project because I always say that we love talking about, oh, um, there's no good R&B anymore, but SWV released two great reunion albums that none of you supported, and they were very slept on. <laughs> and no, I'm not even being shady, but it's true. <laughs> like you see these, you see these, you see these tweets. Oh, where's real R&B? They gave you two great albums way after their prime that were damn good. And like you know, and you know when groups come back and kind of just be a bit, leave it. But like they, those so I missed us and still from 2016 are legitimately great albums independent of their classic 90s stuff they're just they're great they're great albums and none of you niggas cared <laughs> um and then secondly I've, so for on escape i've been listening to naturally all their albums love them but um, particularly the off the hook album that was their second album from 995 and i just want to shout out the songs can't hang and work me slow in particularly shout out to candy boris um, oh yeah, I'm gonna. Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna give Kelly Barrett a flowers when I talk because you guys, you yeah, yeah, you, you need to respect her more. Anyway, so in terms of the other things that I've been listening to, I don't know where this came from, but this song has just kind of been on my spirit for a while. I've come back to this song a number of times this week, no particular reason. I just have. So um, it's D'Angelo's "All Right." It is the second track from his debut album, Brown Sugar. And that's always been one of my favorite songs by him, especially after when I saw him live in 2014 and hearing that song with a live band and experiencing that way. So, and I have the, I have the album on vinyl now, so I've definitely been enjoying it in that respect too. But um, I don't know why, but I just think firstly, it has one of the sickest bass lines of all time. The bass on that song is just ridiculous. Shout out to D'Angelo. Because I always just like, you know, this is a man that does everything. He's the writer, he's the producer, he's playing the instruments, arranging. So just shout out to him. But um, check out the whole album, of course. But 
we're going to particularly go to All Right, you know. And, you know, it's a very encouraging song, you know. Everything's going to be all right. So shout out that song. And then next up, you have to go to, you're going to have to do another Respecting Legends, Mr. Stevie Wonder. Um, it was his birthday a few days ago. He turned 71. And so seeing all the tweets and, you know, I definitely had to, you know, give my reverence to him on my IG story because, you know, you guys should all know at this point that Stevie Wonder is everything to me. Um, and I read an amazing article um, about the songs in the Key of Life on Pitchfork. And it was an amazing, amazing article. I tweeted about it and everything share some screenshots it was really great writing because like one day i hope i can write like this one day hopefully um and yeah so i've been listening to a lot of him recently but i'm actually not going to talk about that album i'm going to talk about um his album that came out before that which was um fulfilling this first finale which came out in 1974 and that was the album before him and that was, I believe, the third album in what we now now know as his classic period. Actually, it was the fourth album, actually. So for guys who don't know, Stevie Wonder just had an incredible run of creative brilliance and creative genius where he just released five albums back to back, which were just fucking insane. <laughs> I don't know what he was going through between this period, but he was just, every album he put out in this period was just, like, phenomenal. And fulfilling this first finale was the fourth in this in this run. And this is not to say his other albums before or after were bad, but critics have just come to say in the years since that this was particularly his prime artistically, musically. This was just peak Stevie Wonder. He was just at the top of his game as a musician, as an artist. But anyway, so I've been listening to that album quite a lot recently, and then. Because it's actually probably my least listened to of those five albums. But I must say, because they gave me good context about that album. And I was like, let me actually go play Because I do know the album, but it's definitely an album that I played, one of the albums that I played the least compared to Talking Book or Inner Visions, um, Hotter Than July, and of course, Songs in the Key of Life. But so I revisited the album this week. And I really love how this album was way more stripped down and personal sounding and just the way the songs were produced, it's very, it's very lush. Like it's not so ambitious compared to some of the other things he was doing later on, and then even before then. And um, I definitely say have a, I'm definitely gonna have to give this album some more time because I now really, I definitely, I, I gained a great appreciation for it this week than I had ever before. Like I said, not that I never disliked the album, I've always liked the album, but. I was like, no, this album was this was a great album, and I just want to shout out a few songs on there. So there's um, "Heaven Is Ten Zillion Light Years Away," "Creeping," um, love that song. And for the, for my Luther Vandross fans out there, he actually covered that on the Nightfall in Love album. And and I was I've always said Luther's version is superior, but and I still stand by that. But Stevie's version, I doubt was like, you know what? This is this was good. This was good. This was good. But then one of the most beautiful ballads on this album called They Won't Go When I Go. Oh, it's just so haunting and so so dark. And it was written by Sarita Wright, who was his ex-wife and who I still maintain is one of the most underrated soul women of the 70s. Incredible singer, incredible writer. She co-wrote that song with him. And there's like this lovely Latin-inspired samba song called Birds of Beauty. Then, of course, as You Haven't Done Nothing, which is him just basically giving President Richard Nixon all the smoke, which I love. Such an angry song. He just came for his neck. And I love it because it was a number one single. I love that. A song aimed at the president at the time was a number one single. I love that. 
that would never happen today. Mm. And um, the Jackson Five are singing background on that on that song. Um, so yeah, man, fulfilling his first finale. But also, 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 just want to shout out another song of his called "I Love Every Little Thing About You." I'm trying to find out what song that what album that was on. <laughs> so give me one second. Go on. What do you mean that wouldn't happen in this day? Yeah, YG sent it. Wasn't a number one single. We had Miguel. Oh, going to number. Didn't it? Did quite well though. To be fair, it wasn't number one single though. (laughs) (laughs) So so, yeah, so I love everything about you. That's the music of my mind. Um, So yeah, man. Just and I and I said it on Twitter and I I say it again because I now I'm in this. uh, weird mood. Well, not weird mood, but my heart is, is feeling warm today. Don't know why. Um, we must cherish him while we're still alive, guys. Like, reading that article mood is deep. Like, how magnificent yeah. and how it's like, what a man, what a once in a lifetime artist this man is. And he's still alive. He's, and like, he's getting old, but he's not that old. He's 71. He's still reasonably, not young, but you know what I mean. Um, so yeah. I just want to say, like, we really must cherish him. While he's still here, while we still have him with us, mm-hmm. we must cherish this man. So, just all the love to yep. Stevie Wonder, like always and forever, my guy. And I just love that he's someone that I can forever just keep learning more about because he has bucket loads of music. This this man has over forty albums, so there will never be a time when I know all his music because I I love him. But there's plenty of music that I don't know of him because he has loads. So I just look forward to continuing yeah. to just get to know him and discover him. And yeah. So then, lastly. We have Jessie Ware, What's Your Pleasure? One of my favorite British white women. And, and well, good, consistency. So you guys know I'm trying to, I'm trying to shit. Since 2012, Jessie J has been, <laughs> Jessie J, lol. Jessie Ware, Jessie Ware, not Jessie J, not price tag. <laughs> Jessie Ware <laughs> has been one of my favorite British artists of the last um, 10 years. Every album of hers has been amazing. And I've just loved seeing her grow and I've loved seeing her profile grow. Now she has the podcast and she's got the, the cooking side projects and things. I just I just love her. She's not, She seems like nice vibes. I feel like me and her would get on. I've always loved her. But um, last year she released her album, What's Your Pleasure, which I've said was the superior version of Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia, which we'll get to because I have more smoke for that hussy coming later. Um, abolish Dua Lipa, but we'll get to her later. Um... So, what's your pleasure? I just want to shout out again. I think I spoke about it before when it came out, I'm, I'm sure. But I revisited the album earlier this week. And it's just so good, man. Just so good. Just so well-crafted. So well-written. Just so, yeah. I just It's just so, like, it's intoxicating. It's exhilarating. It's so sleek. It just really gives me the true... Uh, honor and respect to the Donna Summers and the Diana Rosses and the Anita Wards. But it has like these elements of like Italian house and um, new wave and deep house and gospel and funk and like high energy. Like, so I think literally think about early Donna Summer because Donna Summer and Georgia Maroda, they are literally the mother and fathers of electronic music. And that's the vibes that I was getting from some of these songs. So I just want to shout out in particular songs, the What's Your Pleasure, the title track, Read My Lips, which should have been a single, but hey, I'm not an A&R. Um, Mirage, Don't Stop. Um, Adore You, Remember Where You Are. Just just all the love to Jessie Ware, Always and Forever. And if you're not familiar with her in general, I highly recommend her earlier shit, Devotion from 2012. That is, I still stand by, that's one of the best British albums of the last 20 years. An incredible body of work. And I can't believe it's turning 10 next year. I can't believe that. And... 
Um, because I remember when it came out, I remember. So those are my lessons, man. So SWV and Escape. I'm gonna give you more love, give more love later. D'Angelo, Stevie Wonder, Jesse Ware. Those are my lessons, guys. Cool. Um, thanks for that, Shopee. Um, jumping into me, I don't have a lot. Um, so I'm gonna start with Alabama Shakes. So I've been listening. Oh, love them. <laughs> I've been listening to their album um, Sound and Color, which came out in 2015. And I've been in brilliant love with body song. of work. Yeah, brilliant album. No, I've been in love with the song "Sound and Color," so the title track for ages. But there are so many great songs on there, like "Don't Wanna Fight," um, and so many other songs that I've just been sitting with and really appreciating. So, if you don't know who they are, they are an Alabama-based quartet, and it features um, singers and musicians. So, Brittany Howard, Zach Cockrell, Steve Johnson, and Heath Fogg. I'm reading this on Spotify, by the way. This isn't something that I know. Um, and they were just called The Shakes to begin with. And honestly, first listening to this project, I've fallen in love with it and I'm really excited to really get into their music. So they've got another album called Boys and Girls, which came out in 2012 and quite a few individual singles as well. So I'm going to go down that route and really just enjoy their music. Um, Sound and Colour to me is a very visual song as well because the instruments on it... Um, what's it called synesthesia i think it's called synesthesia um some people when they hear sounds they see colors um and sounds and colors for me is very similar to that because the instruments and the kind of um the the, the different sounds within the song followed by the the echo of the the vocals and everything it's a very um full experience it's very 3d um so when i listen to that song i feel like i'm in a really safe and comfortable space and if you're looking for things that kind of make you feel good, I would say listen to Sounds and Colour because it is a very beautiful song. And the songs on there as well, wonderfully produced, um, great vocals on there as well. And it's very unique. It's a very unique type of sound, which I'm really enjoying at the moment. So like I said, Sound and Colour by Alabama Shakes. Let us know what you think. Shopee, you can say something. Um, I was actually going to ask if you've actually heard the lead singer's solo album. No, I haven't. But the thing is, it's just been recommended on Spotify. Well, so, I don't know if you remember, yeah. but when we did our Grammy breakdown last year when the nominations came out, I said I was excited that she was nominated. And she actually won an award. Her album is amazing. 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 Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Right, so um, it's called Jamie. Um, and, she, and I believe she won a Grammy. I think, I can't remember what she won for, the Grammys are dumb anyway, but she won something. But yeah, no, I mentioned it a few times on the show. Her album was incredible. And I think you would like it too. I think you would really like it. And great writing, great, yeah. great, great lyrics, great lyrics. She's amazing. And I definitely, when this Pantan condition is over, I definitely want to experience her life. <laughs> okay. I love the way you drop gems and you know what you're doing. <laughs> you know exactly what you're doing with what you just said. Um, anyways, so moving on to another album that we were anticipating this week. I won't review it because it's still quite early. The Off Season by Mr. Jermaine Cole. Oh, I haven't listened to this at all, you know. I've not heard one song. Um, so I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Well, the thing is, I won't give my full thoughts right now, but um, I don't think I'm in the space to listen to it was what I was going to say. It is... Let me sit I've with heard it mixed reviews. Longer. I've heard mixed reviews. Yeah, let me sit with it for a bit longer. I don't know. Let me, yeah, I'll sit with it for a bit longer, but I was listening to that this week, um, but I kind of phased out of it. That's why I'm kind of like, eh, but we'll see what happens. And going on to the next project I want to talk about, something has made a return into my rotation. 
So you guys know that this album is something I couldn't shut up about for the last whole year. Welcome back, Kano. Hoodies all summer. I'm screaming. Welcome back. Welcome back into my life. And welcome back to, you know, That's Pod. Like, I raved about this album when it came out. I spoke about it for weeks on end. I couldn't stop talking about how amazing it was. It was, it encapsulated the West Indian and black, black British West Indian experience, all of the above. And it just came into my rotation. I was like, okay, cool. So it's time. It's almost summer. All right, let's put on our hoodies. And um, Kano, Kano, when you release merch again, let me know because I'm buying all of it. I am the biggest Kano fan at the moment. Um, shout out to my friend Amara because we argue about that a lot. Um, shout out to Zatu as well, um, who I haven't spoken to in a while. Shout out to you. And <sighs> just, I, I always find gems, like things I haven't noticed. I'm like, oh, like, the talent is just too much, man. So anyway, Hoodies All Summer, Americans jump on this album because Jay-Z said that Kano was one of his favorite artists from the UK. I say this every single time, but that's just to let you know that this guy is real. He is a legend in the UK music scene. One of the best to ever do it in terms of grime, in terms of UK rap as well. So definitely check out Hoodies All Summer. If you haven't, you've been sleeping on it. Amazing work. Um, amazing, amazing. And then last and foremost, what else do I have for you guys? Um, oh, I listened to Leanne Le Havis's new song. Oh, wait, hold on. Scrap all of that. I've got to give a shout out to someone quickly. So there's someone called Hira, H-I-R-A. And um, he recently featured on Colours for the first time. Now, Hira is someone who I have watched kind of grow as an artist for years. Um, and to kind of, I don't want to make the connection, but he, we went to the same secondary school. And kind of seeing his growth and seeing him on Colours was so inspirational. And I don't know if you'll listen to this podcast. I don't know if you will even know about this. But when I saw his image on the Colours cover, I was just like... That is what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. There, there's One of the things that we talk about in this podcast a lot is we have our individual favourites, people who we've seen go from nothing to become well-known artists and people that like we've been shouting about for a while. And Hira is someone that I've been kind of silently rooting for um, and like hearing about his Prince inspirations and um, there's a video, uh, I don't know if it's online anymore, but he used to sing with Alcohol Harmony, Dur Duran Banar. Um, and it's just amazing to see, man. And if you're listening to this, shout out to you, man. You've done amazing work. And the fact you've kept your dream alive for so long is amazing as well. So shout out to Hira. Check What's it out the name of the song? and listen to the song. I think it's called Why? I think the, the song on there was called Why? Yeah, Why. Um, so check it out if you can and let us know what you think, D-A-T-S-P-O-D, but also give some love to Hero as well. So you can check out his social media platforms. Um, he doesn't have it on Spotify, or actually does. So you can find him at Hero underscore and just send him some love, man. Let him know how great he's doing and continue to let him know that he's doing the right thing by sticking to music. Um, lastly, the last listen for the week from me was Leanne Le Havas. So Leanne Le Havas released a new song slash cover. Um, actually, she's been re like releasing a few covers lately. 
um, I've been addicted to her X Factor um, cover that she released from um, um, Lauren Hill. So there's a song called Seven Times, which is a remix of the song by Wu Lu, who I haven't heard of before. I don't know if Shopee's heard of him before. Um, but it's a very, very somber type of song, very Leanne Le Havas. Um, Wait, but that was on her last album. Was it? This one came out. Oh, it must be her song yeah. then. Wrong way around. My apologies. Wait, seven? Yeah, seven times. That wasn't. Yeah, that was. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. My bad. I've got it mixed up. Oh, so so, so she remixed she it. She remixed then. it with Wulu. Okay. Um, it's very interesting. I would say check it out if you like Leanna Havas. Um, I don't know why I didn't know that. It's interesting. I need to listen to that album. It's one of your. I suppose one of your top ten albums of the year as well. Yeah, it was. I forgot <laughs> that song. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs on the album. Seven times. I love that song. Yeah, it's one of my favorite songs on the album. I don't know why. Maybe if I listen to it, I might know what it is. Um. Okay, cool. Yeah, but check out the remix. Let us know what you think. Um, and those are my listens for the week. So like I said, you've got Alabama Shake, Sound and Colour. You've got Leanne Le Havas and Seven Times, the remix. You've got Hera, Why, check out the Colours um, uh, performance. And you've also got Hoodies All Summer by the one and only Kano. And those are my listens for the week. Um, we're going to leave this space for you guys, the listeners, to let us know what you've been listening to this week, um, as we don't have Nick this week. Um, so please feel free to use the hashtag D-A-T-S-P-O-D or send us a tweet at datspod, D-A-T-S-P-O-D. And let us know what we should be listening to. Like we did a few episodes ago, um, someone sent us a song and we played it on the episode. Um, if you've got some music that you want to share, send it to us and we'll listen to it. And um, we have a very safe space when it comes to music. So if it's something we think people will enjoy and it will make them feel emotions of some kind i'm always happy to feature it on the show so just let us know um and those are the listens for the week we'll go straight into the new section so shoppe right oh, i was about to say nick so shoppe right so yes as nicholas terrell is not here this week i'll once again be taking the mantle of newscaster um so we're gonna start with the rock and roll hall of fame so this week it was announced that Jay-Z, Tina Turner, LL Cool J, and Clarence Avon, Jill Scott Heron, amongst many others. Oh, and also Carol King, one of my other favorite white women, have all been inducted this year. And um, the ceremony will be taking place uh, in October, and it will be one of the first major live in-person events, I guess. I was going to say post-COVID, but we're not in a post-COVID world, but I guess since the government decided we're going to just get on with life anyway. So, um, yeah, Eden, thoughts? Uh, I think this is amazing, as always. Um, we're seeing a lot of black talent kind of being celebrated now. So um, I think it is amazing. Jay-Z, of all people, has been getting a lot of spotlight and he, um, recently. With before we continue, I want to say his is particularly, um, in, not interesting, but I guess impressive because this is the first time he's been nominated. So he, he was inducted on his first nomination. Whereas there was Tina Turner, I think she's been nominated a few times, but it's only now she's been inducted. Yeah, that says a lot, doesn't it? But the thing is, Jay-Z, Jay-Z's just that force, isn't he? Like, he true. just knows how to maneuver the industry. And it's very obvious that he would be the type of person to get in on the first time. Um, he probably friends with a lot of the executives and people like that. Not of course, to say of he course. doesn't deserve it. He does. Because... Jay-Z is Jay-Z. Like, he's done so much for U- for um, US rap and um, hip-hop in general. So um, I do think he's quite deserving of this, and it's a great thing to see um, that he's being celebrated. Same with LL Cool J. For a while, he's been... 
he doesn't get his flowers, I don't think. In terms At of, all, he doesn't. He doesn't he get. Doesn't. He doesn't get the love that he deserves. He he was a pioneer for so many different things, like like just literally in hip, literally hip hop as a, a culture and genre. Yep. he is one of the yep. pioneers, originators. Like it's not hyperbole to say that majority of what we have today we would not have without someone like him yep and he, and i agree with you he does not at all get the love he deserves no. so i was very happy to see him i was like yes mm-hmm. well done he definitely is deserving definitely yep a hundred percent and clarence avant so if you haven't seen the netflix documentary about clarence avant the godfather of um was it hip-hop or black black music, music. I can't yeah, black. Music. I don't know. I don't know. Let me see what it's called. I, I, by the way, I saw it too. I saw it last year. It's called the Black Godfather. Yeah, yeah Black Godfather. Brilliant so documentary. Was, Brilliant documentary. He he was the the behind the scenes guy for a lot of people. Um, I think Snoop Dogg was someone who spoke about him as well. Um, he was kind of the one that helped them get into the industry and looked after them and made sure they were okay. He was like the known person. Um, so to see him get his flowers is amazing as well. Um, it just seemed like a really, really good list. And Tina Turner, I mean, we can talk about Tina Turner. I know I will. She is absolutely deserving. Actually, Shopee, go ahead. So Tia before we get into Tina Turner, I'm gonna go. I also was particularly so excited, Clarence Avon. Clarence, I didn't actually know people who aren't artists can get inducted. I didn't know that. But Clarence Avon, after watching his documentary, he really is. He was the original. Barry Gordy, the original Andre Harrell, the original Diddy, the original Kevin Lyles. That's what Clarence Avon is. And all the time from working with like Count Basie and Ella Fitzgerald to working with Bill Withers and the Save the Children concert, where which was such an iconic thing in the 70s because that was one of the few festivals to have artists from the three major black labels, Motown, Stax and Atlantic. And they all came together because of his connections. And then he was an early mentor for Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and Babyface. He he um was one of Michael Jackson's first PRs. It's just like this this guy is literally the definition of a legend. Definitely. Like mm. f- from the 40s onwards. And so the documentary was a great first step, but to now see him get this, like he I was just like, yes, yes. I'm so, so happy that he's been recognized in this way. So he is deserving. But Miss Tina Turner, we'll get into her now, because that's my girl. So <laughs> she's now inducted as a solo artist. So she's been inducted before with Ike, you know, Ike and Tina Turner, the group. I can't remember how long ago that was, but she's already in there as part of that group. But now she's now inducted finally as a solo artist, which she has deserved, because she has had one of the most historic and one of the most... Um, Inc- uh, incredible stories in, in music life. She is just the definition of a survivor and a hustler and a talent. And she is a, is a pioneer of rock and roll. So it's it's about time that she as a solo artist is coming in there. It's about time. So mm. I am just so, 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 so happy for her. Because she's deserving in both ways. She deserves to be there as a member of Ike and Tina Turner, but she deserves to be there as a solo wise too. So I'm glad that she is one of the few people mm. that are in there twice because she is literally an arch- one of the architects of rock and roll as we know mm. it. When songs like, well, her version of Proud Mary came out or uh, what's the song? A Fall in Love, River Deep Mountain High. Like these songs were very pivotal in shaping um, rock and roll that would later be copied and well I'm not say that that would later inspire the likes of the Beatles and 
um, Rod Stewart and Rolling Stones. So like, I'm just so, I think Tina herself, just her, her influence is, is massive, 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 massive. Like I think I've like, come mm. to get, oh, I just love her. Just love her. She deserves everything. One of the greatest live performers of all time. Uh, she's just, so shout out to them, man. And of course, Jay-Z, you know, legend, deserving to like, you know, he's done so much. He's had, he's had an incredible career. And I know we talk about him as, you know, the executive and businessman now, but let's just remember who Jay-Z, the MC is. And let's remember the the songs he's given us, mm. the albums he's given us. So like, I'm glad to see that spotlight return to him as an artist, not just the man who does Tidal and these NFL shit and whatever. So yeah, man, I'm not happy. And then also shout out to Carol King, one of my favorite white women. My girl, she's one of the dopest songwriters ever. She also has one of the best albums ever, Tapestry from 1971. I get into my white boy bag with that album often. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I'm very happy for her too. She's also very, very deserving. So yeah, I'm happy with this list. And I appreciate this more than award shows. Even though the Rock and Roll fame has its own issues, because I still can't believe it took t- Janet Jackson like five nominations to be inducted last year. But hey, she got there in the end. But um, and there are still many other mm. black legends who aren't in there. That <laughs> so they, don't get me wrong, it has its own issues for sure. And that actually is a really good podcast actually called. Uh, let me actually find it because I think you guys will actually listen to it. You should listen to it. What's it called? Rock Hall. Yeah, it's actually it's called Who Cares About the Rock Hall. It's a podcast basically, and it, it's very artist focused. So they just speak about an artist who's been nominated, and they just, and they just kind of like. Um, explain why they should or shouldn't be inducted. It's a very, very good, very good show. I recommend the episode they did, they did on LaBelle. And they also did a great episode on Fela Kuti recently as well. Because Fela Kuti was um, nominated this year. He wasn't inducted. Don't know why. But I'm assuming he will eventually be inducted. It's going to happen. But um, So yeah, man, that is it. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So any more thoughts, Eddie McKenzie Goddard, before we move on? Nothing from me. You said everything possible. Right. So now we're going to head into some sadder terrain. So it's so sad. Literally, we were just talking about him last week. So Tank, he uh, went on Instagram a few days ago and he revealed that he's going completely deaf in his right ear and he's starting to lose um, his hearing in his in his left ear. And that just broke my heart. Before, before I continue... Eden, anything you want to say? No, it's, it's honestly horrible because I was watching his song association on L um, yesterday with my dad and he was talking about how Charlie Brown's Christmas was the song that made him fall in love with music. So hearing him say that he's going deaf now, I just think about how he was talking about how music made him feel and now that's being taken away from him. That is that is so awful. Like I, I'm not... That is so tragic honestly i think not speaking for him but i would feel i think for him losing his voice over his hearing like Mm. losing Mm. your hearing as a musician must be awful not to say obviously obviously let me just recenter and say that um being deaf isn't a terrible thing or anything but to experience music the way he did and to miss out on that experience now must be very heartbreaking for him. Um, and there's a lot of sadness that I feel um, for him. Um, yeah, man, that must be awful, honestly. 
Yeah, so I like I said, we literally, I literally spoke about him last week. You know, I gave him his flowers in the listens last week because I told you that he's one of my favorites. Like I love Tank, such a fan of him. And then now to see this, they it really, really stopped me in my tracks. I really, it really upset me when I saw that because I can't. That is the worst thing that can happen to a musician. Like this is your livelihood, this is your career, but also this is obviously what you love to do. You know, you love to sing, you love to write, you love to play music, and the fact that. You know, your ear, which is so pivotal to your career and life, you're starting to lose that. So, yeah. you know, and I, I applaud him for being so open and honest, but he seems to be a trooper. Like, he didn't seem, like, sad about it. Like, he seemed like, yep, yeah, we're going to get through it. We're going to work it out. I'm going to the doctor. Da, da, da. I'm going to document my journey to, to inspire people. You know, so I applaud just how positive and optimistic he's been. And I sincerely hope that he's able to get better and sort something out and hopefully... He can find the right treatment because it would be such a loss if we were not able to get more of his incredible talent and his incredible gift because he is, like I said, he's a singer's singer. Like, your favourite singer listens to Tank. And so that really, really upset me, especially yeah. after, like I said, discussing him in yeah. such depth last week. So just thoughts and prayers to him. And I really honestly hope that he is able to get the treatment he needs and hopefully he can start regaining his hearing again. That, yeah, it really, really broke my heart reading that. So just all the love to him, all the love to him, thoughts and prayers. Um, I just need to pull myself up quickly because I realised what I said was a bit ableist. Um, I just want to say what I wasn't saying was being deaf is a misfortune or anything. I want to just clarify what I was saying that um, Tank losing his hearing after talking about how much music means to him must be a very horrible experience to go through. So... I just want to clarify that um, and apologise if I offended anyone with saying that. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to pull myself up on that. Um, so what we're saying is we're sending love to Tank and I'm glad that he's able to put a positive spin on it and say he wants to be an inspiration. Um, like Chopin said, in terms of the journey he wants to go on, I think that's very important and a very um, good way of looking at a situation which he feels like he is um, going to miss out on. Um all the best to Tank, and we'll just continue to watch the journey. Right, so we are now going to go into the verses. So last Saturday, Uncle Chopin was in his entire bag. After he... I've never heard yourself, I've never heard you use your name like that, Uncle Chopin. I've said it a thousand times. No, you say you're the uncle. I've never heard you call yourself Uncle Chopin. Oh, well, Uncle, <laughs> uncle Chopin was in his entire bag last Saturday evening after taking my nap to watch SWV versus Escape. And I just want to first start off by saying, <sighs> nothing brings me more joy than R&B music. Mm. Nothing. There's, there's nothing like it. There's just mm. nothing like it. And, you know, I just, these are just two groups that I love so dearly. SWV, of course, are my favorite of the two. But, so I just want to start off by saying that I just love R&B music. And the jams that were shared for two hours were just, I was just like, yes, 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 yes. Mm. But now I'm actually going to talk about the actual verses itself. Because, you know, loving the eyes is different to how the actual verses is. Because as you both, as you all know, I despise D'Angelo's verses um, for Fight. various reasons. Listen to that episode early this season. Anyway, so I want to start off by just saying that... Um, can I just say despised is such a strong word? <laughs> well. I despised his verses. Well. Well. <laughs> well. 
Like, there was nothing redeemable about it at all. No, because there wasn't. Okay, continue. That was a waste of my time and a waste of his time, clearly. And attire. Yeah. I don't even know what you wore to that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I'm now going to get into the actual... Actually, let me just talk, because I know I'm going to rant here. Does Eden have anything to say? (laughs) I want you to go first. This is your section, man. Oh, did you watch it? I didn't watch okay. it. Okay, but um, yeah. So I'm just gonna start off by saying that. Um, let me just get this, this out of the way. In terms of who the winner was, it was SWV. Like, because in, in terms of why why we're here, which is for hits and for songs, they won. <laughs> as I knew they would. As I, as yeah. we all said on Twitter, Instagram, we all knew. Even though we love Escape, we just all unanimously like SWV's got this. But in terms of presentation and performance. Escape one because they came prepared. They had clearly rehearsed. They had gotten together like, okay, this is what we're doing, and maybe that's to maybe that's to maybe that's to compensate for the fact that they know they don't have as much hits as SWV. But I think SWV they thought they were going to sit and play their music, which is what I actually thought. Because that's the thing; it's kind of mm. it's kind of like you never know what you're going to get. Like some people would just sit and play the songs, and some actually perform. And I think Esther really mm. thought they were just going to sit there, play the songs, and just talk. But And they actually did sing live later on and killed it. But Escape were like, no, nah, we, we're coming to give you a show. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. They sounded amazing. Amazing. That's what I love about both these groups. They still sound good. Almost 30 years later. They, all, they came out almost 30 years later. They look damn good and they still sound good. These are real singers. Real singers here. This is this is no, you know. Let me not shake anyone. Um, I was just about to say you're sending shots. Okay, you know, you know who I'm. You know, well, there's various people I could be talking to, talking to today. Various. Yep. Various. Because you know me, I love good singing. Good singing. <laughs> but anyway, so I just want to say that um, I love the fact that SWV didn't have to go outside their catalog to win because Escape. There were just a few song choices in there which just didn't make sense to me. Like, like when Candy decided to play Bills, 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 and No Scrubs. And like, and I understand you wrote them. I get it, but this is Escape versus SWV, not Candy Virus. Like, yeah. And someone actually said, Magri, if they ever do a songwriter versus again, Candy should definitely join because Candy has Candy has written some butt bangers for people. Candy could definitely do a songwriter versus. But that was the fact that she played that, and then they also played this um, E40 and T-Ping. Like, we don't want that song. We don't want that. And then they played <laughs> um, a Thug Holiday. It's like, we don't like... Whereas SWV, pretty much, aside from one song, every song you heard was an SWV song. Whereas Escape, you got Escape songs, mm-hmm. you got Candy songs, and you got Destiny's Child, you got TLC. It's like, uh, it just... Yeah. It just kind of showed that, why well, I predicted that they would eventually run out of hits. And then it was done because what I loved about SWV was they gave you the hits, but they also played some of their deep cuts. And I love that. So now I'll go back to my mm. listens. They played some songs from their two reunion albums. When I was, and, they, and they gave him a smoke, like, you guys didn't support him. Like, yes, tell them. They didn't. They didn't. They were like, yeah. this album is from 2012. Because I love the fact that they acknowledge that it didn't do well, but they're not denying, but they're not going to act like it was shit. They're like, no, this was a good album. But it wasn't supported. Mm. So I'm glad that they played some songs mm. from those albums. And then even Escape, they played a few deep cuts, like Surface Place from Earth, written by Joe By the if you guys didn't know that, and Work Me Slow. But yeah, I feel like es- Escape is kind of definitely 
it was a bit hackneyed, you know, some of their songs. But then, yeah, mm. SWV's energy in the first half was a bit off, a bit awkward. But we now know Coco, the lead singer, had a panic attack before they went, she went on stage. So, because if you know Coco, oh, wow. and I love her, she's my, she's my queen, my queen. She's known for having an attitude. But she's, <laughs> and, she, and she's known for not giving a fuck. Right. And I love it. I live. I live. Coco is hilarious. <sighs> Coco is just the definition of I don't give a fuck. This is, you take me as I am. And when you can sing like she can, mm. you can do what you want. <laughs> when you can sing, because Coco is one of the greatest sopranos of all time. That woman is a singer to every, ah, her voice is insane. So, but I love her energy too. Like, I just love how she's over everything all the time. And I live. <laughs> she's just, <laughs> So I uh, so in the beginning I thought it was just that. I was like, oh Coco's being Coco. <laughs> <laughs> it must be so entertaining for you because you know the whole background to everything as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And and that's what I love. I loved um I loved interacting with my American followers that evening because we I we just get it. It was just like Coco is just being Coco, like, yeah, she is. <laughs> But we, we, she revealed the day after she had a panic attack before she went on stage. So her attitude and just her mood, because she saw someone get shot outside of her hotel. Oh, whoa. So she, so she explained why I was, she was in a bit of a mood the first half. But the second half was much better. They perked up. Energy was much better. And it just was overall more enjoyable um, fiesta. But no, I thoroughly, thoroughly... This has definitely been one of my... It was definitely one of my favourite verses because it was just... Back to back bangers, and then also, I think the last round was one of the greatest last rounds I've ever seen. SWV's Weak versus Escape's Understanding. Those are two of the greatest R and B slow jams ever, and to have them back to back, and they both sang live, I was just like, ah, uh, you can't just you can't deny like you just can't deny good music, good mm. singing. Like these are two R and B standards at this point. Weak Understanding. These are just the definition of classic R&B music. So just shout out to Escape and SWV. And they said they would love to do a tour together. And I think it would be a great tour, you know, after The Proud Family. I think it would be a great, great... Yes, Eden, that's what I said. Um, I know. I know that's what you said. Um, I think it would, You are just something else shopping. I think it would be a great tour. So you're really just going to go on like you didn't just say... Okay. That would be a great tour after the Parmesan cheese. You're really gonna go. <laughs> it would be a great tour. <laughs> You're actually so dumb. <laughs> the proud family shopping. But listeners, you know exactly who he's talking about when he says that as well. So this would be a great. I really, I honestly, if they did SWV Escape in, in London, hey, no expenses spared. I will be there. I will be there front and center, screaming. And shouting. And also, sorry, also shout out. Coco played um, her very first solo single, Sunshine, which I love. Shout out to Ronnie Jerkins, he produced that just for bands, because that's what I love. They didn't have to play these songs, but like they played songs that they were that they were fan favorites. They played songs that just weren't the hits. But they played and they even played Men in Black, because as you guys know, maybe don't know, Coco is the one singing on Men in Black. Oh, okay. I yeah. Know. She's not in the video. Will Smith, Will Smith didn't put her in the video. Don't know why, politics, but whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah, man. So I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching them. And I just love, I just, and naturally, ever since I've been playing them both all week, their albums, watching their performances, just two great girl groups. 
And I loved, um, oh, actually, yes. So it's now time to give Candy Barry some flowers because I'm tired of the shade. I'm tired of the rude comments that you give her about her voice. Yes, she's not the powerhouse of the group. Yes, her consistency now is not what it used to be. But Candy Burris can sing. And also, Escape's harmonies would not be the same without her. She is the bottom note. She is the outer of the group. And she is a very pivotal member of that group. Give her her respect. So she's like the way people treat Michelle. Yes, in some ways. Brilliant. But ironically, Candy actually sang lead on, on many of their songs. Candy is arguably one of... One, no. In, in some ways. It's like, it's another... So it's, Actually, let's. I, I need. We need to stop doing the Beyonce. But I know what you mean. Shout. Yeah, everyone knows what I mean. But, we but, but what I mean that. is like, so Candy kind of was a co-lead singer of the group. She wasn't. She sang like a lot of their big hits. She's singing lead on. So they act like she's like some Latavia or Farrah, and it's like don't do that. Like this isn't. It's jumping. Candy Burris is not a pussy. It's Can, Candy Burris is not a pussycat doll. Like, <laughs> so I just, and also we have to. Like, so, respect Candy as a member of Escape, but also respect her as a songwriter. Shove you took a shot at about six people. <laughs> In the space of two minutes, you took a shot at, like, eight people. <laughs> no, but I just know, because I saw some people shading Candy's vocals, and I'm just like, the group wouldn't be the same without her. Yeah. Literally. True. And then also, what she's managed to achieve after leaving the group... Like, like I said, her songwriting catalogue is legendary. Yeah. This woman has written for TLC, This Is Child, NSYNC, Whitney Houston. Like, respect her. Yeah. Respect her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true. Respect it true. her. So, I don't know, but no, but Candy, you, you kind of irritated me by doing a mash, um, a mashup of No Scrubs and Shape of You. I know you were trying to flex the Ed Sheeran money. It just didn't work. Mm. It didn't work. <laughs> and also, this isn't... And also, this is an Africans only group chat, an Africans only live stream. Why playing Ed Sheeran during verses? <laughs> this is an Africans only um, event. Why playing Ed Sheeran? And they so wanted to flex. That's ten people now. That's ten people. And they wanted to flex. And they wanted to flex because you're getting the Ed Sheeran money. I get it. I get it. Boy. But it didn't work. It was one of the most audibly disgusting mashups I've heard in my life. It just wow. sounded like a, a, um, a microphone that was about to combust. It just didn't work. <laughs> Okay. It just <laughs> didn't work. But no. So that is the verses. Shout out to R&B. Shout out to Escape and SWV. And also I love that they they shout, shouted out other girl groups. So they spoke about En Vogue and Destiny's Child and other girl groups. So I love that. I love that. I love that. But um, my queens at SWV, they are the winners. They are my second favorite girl group. They are my everything. I love SWV to the moon and back. And please, please. After the personality, let's do this tour. Let's do this tour. Yep, and Chope said he'll be in the front, so look out for him over there as well. Let's do it. SWV Escape Tour after the pandemic, I would love it. And okay. also, by yeah. the way, on a side note, all your jokes about Tiny were hilarious. So shout out to Black Twitter. The Tiny jokes were hilarious. You guys mm. are the greatest. I just... Because obviously Tiny was there, and that was controversial, considering the mm. whole, you know, legal stuff that's going on at the moment. But the, the, yeah. the tiny jokes were hilarious. So shout out to you guys. You guys are just the greatest comedians. Because mm. I'll just say, <laughs> I'll just say one. Someone said, and I screamed when I saw this. They're like, Tiny can sing. She's gonna kill the present talent show. Oh my god! And I was, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so guys, that is SW versus Escape. Eden, any cool. thoughts? Uh, no, I didn't watch it, but from everything you've said, it sounded amazing. Um, and I'm glad you were able to enjoy that. I didn't. I don't really listen to voices or watch voices. Verses, sorry, voices. Um, but yeah, it sounded amazing. I want to say, guys, if you wanted some respecting legend mugs or something like that, that's something that we should consider because, Shopee, it's time for you to cash in on this hashtag that you've created because <laughs> you use it every episode. It's a hashtag on every single, almost every single tweet we have now. So it's yes. something <laughs> we need to capitalize the res- on. The respecting um, legends agenda. We've got to respect them legends. Yes. Um, cool. Uh, do we do we need to do the next topic? Shopee? Yes, we do. Is it a necessity? Because we are, we we are to... a music podcast. We have to discuss the latest happenings in the music world. But do we have to though? We can don't have to. We don't have to go in depth, but let's just because because obviously when we discussed the nominations, it didn't actually make that episode. So we actually haven't commented on the Brits at all this year. Okay. So right, what Nick it. is referring to is the Brit Awards. Sorry, Nick. Eden. <laughs> Sorry, I have it in my head because Nick called it the ghetto yesterday um, when we spoke yeah. to him. But yeah, so what I'm talking about is the Brit Awards. They took place in earlier this week um so we're just gonna do a roundup um of who won um we're not gonna discuss the performances because i i did watch it i had to watch it for work and um actually what i will just say is and i'm gonna repeat my tweet so Dua Lipa is the epitome of white female mediocrity i'm gonna say it till kingdom come she's forever going to get smoke from me that woman has no charisma, no personality, no vocals, nothing. I do not care how good the album is. She, as a performer, gives me nothing. 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 Right. And I, I cannot yeah. believe that she is being heralded as the best of what we have to offer in this country. Because the bitch is not. And she will forever, forever get smoke from me. But that does not mean she hasn't she doesn't have bangers. She does. The album is good. Overrated, but it's good. But her performance was atrocious. Terrible. 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 <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Oh so I just, want to, I just want to say that. Shout out to Arlo Parks. Your, your performance was beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful performance, Arlo Parks. Anyway, so we are now going to get into the winners and the nominees. So what I will do is I'll say who won, and if Eden wants to ask who else to nominate, we'll discuss that too. So, we will get into first British Album of the Year, and it was won by none other than the overrated wench, Dua Lipa, Fusion Nostalgia. Eden, your thoughts? Uh, expected. Expected. Um, this is why I kind of didn't want to cover the Brit Awards. I kind of know what's going to happen before it happens. So with everything Shopee has just said, it's kind of expected. So I have nothing really to say on it. Um, agreed. I knew she was going to win. And I'm not even actually mad at it. Like, even though there are albums that were nominated that I love, and even though I'm going to forever shade her, I can't deny how well she's done. She's had an amazing year. She's doing very well. She's being very supported and propped up by industry execs. And she's had a great rollout. She's had a great, she's had a great run. And she's doing very well. So I can't even, and like I said, I do like her album. I do like the album. So I wasn't mad. I was like, fair enough. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's it really. There Shout were some great her. nominations in yes, there. Yes. So like Leanne Le Havas, she wasn't, Arlo Park. She wasn't in this, that category. Eden McKenzie. Wait, wait. Br- British Female Solo. The British Album of the Year. 
Oh, album of the Oh, my apologies. Okay. Yeah, album of the Year. So the other nominations for that album were Jesse Ware, What's Your Pleasure, which I discussed earlier this episode, J House's Big Conspiracy, Celeste's Not Your Muse, and Arlo Parks. Oh, uh, yeah, fine enough. Um, Collapsed and yeah. Sunbeams. Those were the other nominations. So even though I loved um, Jesse Ware's album, I enjoyed J House's album, and Arlo Parks, I haven't listened to it too tough, but what I've heard, I did like it. Not surprised, do a leap on one. Yeah, not surprised. In, in that, looking at it now, I was looking at the wrong thing. Sorry, looking at it now in that category, I, I would have suspected that. Yeah, like I'm not surprised at all. Um, British single, the winner, Harry Styles, Watermelon Sugar. One second. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's just the way you say things, Shopping. Like, did you mean to say it like that? I was just talking. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. We think that was um, an, agenda. Okay, so think that was an agenda in my voice. Yes, I did. Well, it's been it's been something that's been constant <laughs> for the past what fifteen minutes. <laughs> well, as Nick said, the, um, the ghetto. So, well, I like Harry Styles as an artist. I think he. I like his sound. Um, I like his kind of style and the direction he's going in at the moment. So, yeah. I mean, he won it. Yeah. I have no passion for this award show whatsoever, and I apologise, but I just genuinely don't care, if I'm being honest. That's why we're going through it. That's why we're going through it quickly. Yeah. That's why we're going through it quickly. Um, yeah, um, I have no thoughts on that. I like the single. I like the song. I do like Harry Styles, by yeah. the way. I do like yeah. him. Um, and the other nominations, I was like, I just... I mean, I thought maybe Joel Corey will get it, and Emma UK, because they had a really yeah. big hit with Head and Heart. But the other songs, I wasn't surprised in the win. Um, so yeah, shout out to him. Now this was a surprise to me, and not and this isn't because of bias, because of me. But British male solo artist was won by Jay Huss. That surprised me personally. But I'm sure Eden will have some thoughts on that too. So why did can I ask why it surprised you? Because I just felt the other nominations that they've been more more active, more active. But yeah. then I forget his album. Even though he didn't promote it, he did well. Yeah, he didn't it, do anything. He didn't promote. He didn't do shit. But it went. It went to number one. It got great yeah. reviews. So, and I think it got. I think it got like two top ten singles without even doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. like, I wasn't mad, but I just kind of feel like his album just kind of not came and went, but it kind of came and went by his own choice. Mm. But I honestly thought yeah. this would go to AJ or Hedy, and not because I work with Hedy, but I just was. I just was like, oh, Jay Hurst, okay. I was a bit surprised. Mm. Or Joel Corey, you know, yeah. it's the white DJ. Like, okay. Um, mm. So that surprised me. I think I think with these award shows, you've got to think about the message they're trying to send and what Jay Hurst kind of represents to the UK music scene. Then give so it to AJ or Hedy then. No, no. I think Jay Hurst fits perfectly in the kind of area they're looking for. <clears throat> so someone who is related to like the urban scene, but has um, kind of critical acclaim in some areas. Um, I think Jay Huss suits it perfectly, so it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it would have been nice to see Hedy win it, obviously, shout out to Chopo. Um, AJ Tracy wasn't gonna win it. And Youngblood, I still have, I'm still yet to listen to your music. Um, so I have no opinion, that's it. <laughs> okay. That's, that's it. Um, in no surprise to anybody, British female solo artist, um, Dua Lipa, once again. Yeah. So this is the one I was talking about to begin with, which had a great um, nomination list. So Arlo Parks, Celeste, Jesse Ware, Leanne Le Havas, which arguably, this is probably the most competitive category I've seen so far. 
Um, Leanne Le Havas is someone who released a great project. We were speaking about it earlier. Um, Jesse Ware, Chopé's been going on about that album for ages now. Um, Celeste, I'm yet to listen to properly. Arlo Parks is someone we spoke about and was yelling about in that episode with um, uh, Shireen Taylor. So uh, I'm not surprised Dua Lipa won, but anyone in this category could have won it in my opinion. I would have wanted it to be Leanne Havas personally. Me too. It was never gonna. It was never gonna be her. But yes, I would have loved Jesse Ware or Leanne Havas to have won this award. But I said, if it wasn't gonna be Dua, it would be Arlo Parks. Yep. Yep. So um, shout out to her once again. Um, British group, Lil Mix. I didn't really see who else was gonna win this award. It wasn't gonna be Young T and Bugsy. So um, all I'm gonna say is I love the 1975. So. Yes. Um, and what surprised me, they were the first girl group to win this award, which I was like, huh? That's crazy. Huh? Ever. Ever. They are the first girl group to win this award. So Spice Girls... Sp- imagine. Imagine. Spice Girls, All Saints, Sugar Babes, Girls Aloud, Mystique, Eternal. So many su- successful girl groups we've had in this country. That never won that award. Sugar Babes. Yeah, never won. Wow. And I'm actually just looking... Atomic Kitten. Never won. So I'm looking back, and it's been... Just to name some people, Arctic Monkeys, Kasabian, Take That, Coldplay, Mumford & Sons, Royal Blood, 975, Gorillaz, uh, Manic Street Preachers, Oasis Blur. So a girl group has... So all... So all of long in the front, but short in the back. Oh, I'm screaming. This award. I'm screaming. But never a goal. Never. That's never a goal group. I can't believe, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was like, surely the Spice Girls at least, because they're like the best, they're, they're the biggest goal group of all time. I was like, surely the, the Spice Girls yeah. at least, but not even the Spice Girls won British group once. I couldn't, but that really surprised me. But also shout yeah. out to Lil Mix. Leanne, I gave you a lot of smoke on Twitter yesterday because you deserved it. Your documentary was questionable to say the least. Um, enjoyable and I enjoyed it like it was an enjoyable watch but I just couldn't believe you didn't know what racism was till 2020 um, well if, if that's what it was because I didn't watch it but where did she grow up Hi, Wickham. But, it's, but I blame her parents we're not gonna we're not gonna so what I'll just say is one comment for now um, her dad so she asked her dad do you identify as black he's like identify as John Pinnock like, oh, okay wait okay hmm there's a lot of complexity. There is, there is, whilst, but... Whilst we can look at it and say there's a lot there, there's a reason some people were almost traumatised out of their blackness. And that is a conversation that needs to be in the overall conversation as well. Because I always see this conversation about um, black people who don't ad- identify as black and kind of try to assimilate as much as possible but we don't really talk about why people do it in the first place. And that is a conversation that deserves its place. No, of course. No, no, there is. That is definitely a conversation. But seeing how her parents had just kind of put her in a bubble and showed her, it really just brought to light why she is the way she is. And so, like, the whole documentary was essentially an hour of her discovering racism exists. That's essentially what it was. It's yeah. like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. We have to make a change. Well, yeah, I get, like, and the thing is, like, I get the frustration <laughs> because obviously, as people, well, the thing is, at your big age, it, it depends on environment. Yeah, but shopping environment. You're twenty. She's twenty nine. Like, I grew up in a house that is very pro black, 
and talks about racism, but also the the kind of dynasties and stuff that we had in the past, but also the tragic histories that we've had as well. Um, but the religions and all these different types of things. So I know for you as well, blackness is something that was spoken about in your household um, and everything. But there are some people that grow up in households that are, in terms of racial trauma, they don't understand why See, you say such an issue. You say that me. because, but you say that, but Leanne was saying that she said, I grew up in a West Indian household. Like we're British, but we're West Indian. Like, so surely, so where was the race discussion there? Well, that, that, again, there's another layer to that because I'm sorry, West Indians. I love you with all of my heart and I will ride for you to the death. But we have a massive issue when it comes to talking about race in our countries, especially when it, when we, when um, I go back to Jamaica and I see the way that we treat white people when they're in the hotels and some of the discussions we have about colorism in Jamaica, for example, is still not being in kind of um, brought to light. I know as a light-skinned person, I get the privilege of bringing that up and everything, but there is this discussion about, even if you look at the way some West Indian people treat Africa and talk about Africans. And I mean, if we look at the book, The Lonely Londoners, there's some questionable things in that book. Um, so I, she could, she could have grown up in a West Indian household. She could have, but you need to look at the type of West Indian household. The reason, um, Rastafarians are so important to the culture in Jamaica. By the way, I love how we just completely ignored the Brit Awards, but let's continue. No, but it's, it's a very important <laughs> conversation that Rastafarian, Rastafarianism and their attachment to Ethiopia, obviously Rastafarianism has its own issues as well everything does that's just life everything does i'm not dismissing but i'm saying everything has its own issues um but if we look at rastafarianism and the connections to ethiopia with the ideas of haile selassie and all of those different types of things jamaica has an issue with addressing <clears throat> the fact that there is a connection to africa blackness and overall we're slowly coming to our identity but there is still that issue with race with um, hierarchy with colorism and um, the way the country is structured. And in terms of the way Leanne grew up, she might have not had the benefit of having parents who um, really understood the complexities of racism. Because like, if you grew up in a particular environment where um, you were the only one, or um, you benefited by ignoring, or you had to kind of ignore the very obvious in order to survive mentally, then, I completely understand why she's ended up the way she is. It's not how I would want to bring up my children someday. I would want them to be aware of their blackness and be proud of it. But at the same time, we can't, I personally can't look at Leanne and say she she um, should have known better. I'm not saying that's what Shope said, but I, I can't look at her and say she should have known about racism. She's 29 years old and all of these different types of things. Because like environment means everything. And Ah, this is this is a this is a point I want to bring up in the future, but I think in society we need to start having more conversations about cause and not just effect. Cause needs to be worked into the conversation amongst people, and you won't understand what that means now, but or you might I don't know, but it's it's a conversation that needs to be had um, because I, I, this might be my anger coming out now in terms of passion. But I am, um, it, it makes me very annoyed at the fact that we're talking about Leanne and her connection to racism, but not the reason that racism has made her family numb to their own blackness. 
that is a conversation we should be having. That is correct. But at the same token, seeing her... (laughs) What did I say? No, token, as in token blackness. Sorry. Oh, seeing her... In the, this is the thing. Even when I finished watching yeah. it, I can't. I wasn't. I can't really say I was mad at her because yes, it was shown clearly her childhood and the way she was raised. Mm-hmm. Even though they considered themselves to be a very culturally West Indian family, mm-hmm. in some ways they fell short, as you pointed mm-hmm. out. But then I was like, but why are you the one leading this documentary about racism in the music industry? Mm-hmm. Why are you mm-hmm. leading it when there are many others? I, and someone said, I think it should be Alexandra Burke. Ah. <sighs> Or Beverly Knight. They should have been the one. But then I understand. Leanne, obviously, is a member of a of a successful, very mass-appealing girl group with a predominantly white audience. So I am... I'm, and obviously, I guess, maybe the documentary wasn't for people like us. It was for, for Becky and Kieran and Callum, um, who, who love um, screaming confetti and wings... <laughs> who are not aware of these these uh, complexities and nuances. Yeah. But there were just some moments that just kind of just sh- mm, rubbed me the wrong way. Like, for example, like her discussing um, colorism with Alexandra Burke and uh, Neo, but then completely um, ignoring the role she herself played in The Downfall of Misha B. Mm. There was no mention of her at all. And like, that, I'm sorry, that's a very personal point. Mm-hmm. And she played a role in that. Obviously, it was Tesco Talisa, predominantly, but you and the other members of the group were indirectly very much involved mm-hmm. in doing that. And then even most recently, when Talisa did her response to me, should be she liked the video. So it shows you still haven't you still you still haven't even learned the role that you play as a light skinned woman. And then what I can what pissed me off was the erasure. Leanne said there's never been a dark skin successful artist in the UK. And I'm like, so Jamila doesn't exist. Mm. Eternal doesn't exist. Mystique doesn't exist. Estelle doesn't exist. I couldn't believe it. It's like, why is this woman the one talking? Mm. There were just so many things that I'm just like, no, no, no. Beverly Knight, like, just some of the erasure that was just, I was just seeing. But it was nice to see Alexandra Burke there. Keisha from the Sugar Babes there. Nao was there. I don't know why Ray was there, but okay, someone had to fill up numbers. Um, Sorry, I don't know why she was there. Um, not only... You know what? Let me... No, sorry. But Ray, no. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so like, it was very informative. And like I said, I enjoyed it. But there were just some moments where I was just like... You were just... I just look at her. It's like... So naive. Mm. <laughs> so sheltered. I'm just like... And every time she was just like, need to make a change. And it's just like... You have so much more to go. You have so much more to learn, so much more understanding yeah. to go through. But no, I'm 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 particularly annoyed at the the erasure of Misha B because I I just couldn't stand discussing colorism. Meanwhile, you were pivotal in the downfall of another dark skin woman's black success. You, mm. you and your group members and Tesco Talisa were involved because. Mm. I just couldn't understand that Alexandra Burke, who was also expect alumni, but you're not going to mention her. But I know I know why you're mm. not going to mention her. But it just kind of makes the documentary kind of look a bit shoddy in the light. So it was good. Like I think even you should watch it. It was a good documentary. I did enjoy it, but there was just a lot of like cringing and eye rolling from me, and just also just shock. So her and Jade had never discussed race despite being together for 10 years. 
I just clicked like what? But that's not surprising to me whatsoever. But you've known her for ten years. You've worked together for ten years, and you've never discussed race. I just you're I, I, you're both biracial girls is, in this girl group. How how have you how have you not? But that doesn't that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, shop it. Like, I I agree with everything you said. Um, with regards to, um, shining light on the the role she played in Misha B's downfall, that could have been an opportunity for. It could have been a redemptive. She could have really. Yeah. That could have been really good. If Misha yeah. B was in that conversation with the others, that would have been so powerful. Yep, and I think that's something she missed out on, and she might regret in the future. Um, but shop it. <sighs> Oh yeah, there's oh, yeah. a part of me Let's that's speak. just like, Shopee. We both grew up in the same area. We know what it's like. Mm-hmm. We know what it's like in terms of how our blackness had to be shelved at certain mm-hmm. points, in order to just like live. Like even like there's an, a certain awareness that us two have as mm-hmm. black men. Like we're both fairly middle class. Um, I obviously benefit from being light skin. Um, we both are higher educated, all of these different types of things which give us access to certain um, opportunities. But there is still, at least for me, I can only talk from my experience, for the first 22 years of my life, I had to play a role in white spaces. And so I'm thinking for these two women who are in the biggest girl group in the UK I'm not surprised they're not talking about race. I'm not surprised. No, but between all. each other. I'm not saying in public, but between it, each other. How are you not discussing it? This, the mask can't slip. I'm, I, I, maybe it's just me kind of empathising, over-empathising. Um, and I need to step back a bit, actually, and say maybe that is a possibility. But I'm just looking at it for what it is. Like, they're black women. Well, one's biracial um, woman. I don't know how she identifies. And um, in order to survive the industry, they've had to be trained a certain type of way. I imagine there's some kind of brainwashing that goes with them being in such a popular girl group. They have to ignore certain issues and certain conversations just don't appear. Like, this is the thing. I don't know. And that's why when it comes to topics like this and um, things that have happened in celebrity kingdom or whatever you want to call it, I'm always now a bit hesitant to kind of say things because I don't know the behind the scenes. Like, I, I genuinely just have to take it for the top layer. There might, Misha B might have been invited and said no. We don't know. And, and and that's not to say that makes anything okay, but we don't know. I would hope she was invited. I I hope she was on the show, but we don't know. And I think the I think the reason I'm sad is because Leanne's return to blackness is something that... I don't even think it's a return. I think it's an introduction. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Her, her introduction to blackness is now soiled by the fact that for years she had to hide her identity. And um, that's just me making the assumption on all the information she has given and what you've just repeated on the show and everything. And I think that is incredibly sad that we as a people when we finally get to the point of introduction, we realise <clears throat> how long we've been indoctrinated and how long we've had to almost be chameleons. Um, and that's very sad. That is very, very sad. But I'm glad we're at a place where we can have the conversation 
um, about why wasn't this person here? And we're talking about retribution because that is a very important conversation to have. So Leanne, I don't know if you will hear this or someone will talk about the fact we spoke about this on this podcast or anything, but you had an opportunity for retribution with Nisha B. You didn't take it for whatever reason. We don't know. And that's the thing. I think I think it's because she... One sec. I just hope you have the opportunity to do something in the future to talk about her experience. Because I imagine, if I'm being completely honest, there is some form of industry politics at play for the reason that didn't happen. I don't think it's purely on Leanne saying she didn't want to have that conversation. If I... Just what I'm feeling... She is still, she still has ties to Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell has, tie, has ties to Talisa, all of these different types of things. So there's probably a reason that conversation didn't happen, but I don't know. So that's all I can say. I disagree with that last point because, okay. like I said, when Talisa did her rebuttal to Misha's video, where basically where Talisa mm-hmm. tries to de- try to deny race, but played any part in what she did, Leanne liked to mm-hmm. come on the video, which tells me that Leanne still thinks nothing, there was nothing wrong about or shady or um, untoward about the way she was treated on the next factor. So that's what, that's what that showed me. I hear you. So I don't I think it's you. a case of... And, and I, don't, I, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. But I'm saying I think there's more at play. I do think there is more at play um, behind the scenes in the industry that's going on. I, I completely agree. Like Leanne played a role in um, Misha B suffering the bullying that she suffered on X Factor. And that is a fact. That's something that happened. But I don't think it's as simple as her doing it for the reasons that people think she is doing it. And that isn't me defending her. That is me just trying to say, I don't think humans do things just to be evil, just to be bad. I think there's always a complication behind someone's actions. And we can't just assume and say it's because she wanted to support Talisa. We don't know the reason. And I think that needs to be transparent as well. Fair enough. Well, I guess that was... I wasn't planning to talk about it in such depth. But yeah, those are, I guess, some of my thoughts on the documentary. You can go back to our Twitter. I did a nice mini thread, basically, on my thoughts. And shout out to our followers. We had some great conversations, some great jokes, (laughs) discussing it. But no, Mm -hmm. I do recommend everyone watches it. I do think, ultimately, it was an interesting watch. It was interesting. It was an interesting Mm -hmm. watch. And someone said, I want to shout... um, one of our one of our listeners, um, his at is serving tray. I think that's still his at. Let me... Oh, the guy who's on um, TikTok doing Beyonce. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so shout out to him. He tweeted. I think it's a good idea. That's maybe she should do a document, a part two, to see where she's at a year later, like with her mind and where she, and with um how she looks at race now. Because clearly, watching it, it's like this girl is just so so rudimentary. Such yeah. such beginning stages. So, yep. So she, he said it would be good for her to do like a part two, like maybe in a couple of years time or next year, and we could see where her mind is at mm-hmm. now afterwards, which I think would be a good idea. So shout out to him. And Shopee, you know what we haven't done in a while? You know, whenever we talk about blackness and someone needs to read some books? What did we say? We wrote off some books that they can read. Oh, right. Well, Eden, you want to start? You want to start? I'm trying to think now. I thought myself, what, what was the book that we, we said? The Black and the Berry by Wallace Thurman. Let's start mm-hmm. there. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's definitely ah, start there. I had a whole list. Franz, Franz Fanon's Black Skin, White Masks. Which is an amazing book, by the way. Fantastic. It really, and it's it, exactly what we're talking about. Exactly what we're talking about. What was the line? Ah, oh, I learned this in um, neo-colonial studies in, in uni. 
check out that book honestly check it out amazing book if even if you think you know about blackness check it out and it will explain everything we're talking about um uh tony morrison the bluest eye yep yep i don't have any off the top of my head i can't lie i haven't been reading a lot of black books lately <laughs> but yeah um leanne is on, on her journey um and she might find her way back to really figuring out how she played a role in um in harming misha b um and i hope there is some form of retribution there um and yeah thank you shopee for bringing that to the podcast didn't we um we might need to clap but didn't we have a voice note we wanted to play oh yeah no she's just sent it so no oh okay all right never mind then um so anyway like we usually say if you want to join in with the conversation use the hashtag d-a-t-s-p-o-d i love how we just completely have just left the brit awards but you know i'm here for it so yeah the brit awards happened yeah the end i completely forgot do you want to finish it uh, okay so breakthrough eyes arla parks congratulations um the weekend international <laughs> male solo artist um i'm still confused as to why Charles Gambino was nominated but whatever international female artist billy eilish obviously the um international mm. group heim which surprised me but shout out because they're great um rising star griff um global icon taylor swift the end okay Griff is someone that was surprising to me. Yeah, I'm, I um, thought it was going to go to Parsley or Arena, to be honest. Yeah, that's an interest. That's probably the red herring um, yeah. out of all of the nominations. But everyone else, I could kind of tell. Billie Eilish Obviously. was definitely going to win that. Um, Either her or Ariana, who else was it going to be? Well, Taylor Swift is in there. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Taylor, yeah. yeah. I don't know why my okay. name was in there. <laughs> so it's another year of the unsurprising awards. Um, nothing happened that was kind of big. Um, and there were no kind of artists that we were, me personally, I was rooting for. I don't know about, oh, actually, Chope. There were some artists I was rooting for, obviously, because of Chope. Um, but other than that, that we'll leave it there. And we will say thank you guys for listening to the episode. Chope, did you have anything you want to say before I close out? I did not. Thank you for listening. That's it, really. Cool. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. And as always, please use the hashtag D-A-T-S-P-O-D. And we are Don't Alert the Stands. We are a music and culture podcast with a marked focus on stand culture. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other shout outs we will usually do at the end of the show but um, feel free to send us any music or any suggestions or anything to datspod at gmail.com individually you are listening to Eves McKenzie and Shope Showerton we usually have Nicholas Tyrell on here as well at IMN Tyrell but he's away currently and listeners we hope you enjoy the rest of your week Um, there isn't much going on this week that I know about but we hope you're taking the time you need to look after your mental health um, as always, free Palestine, and we we spoke about save the children, the charity. So please, if you have any money to spare, there's no pressure whatsoever coming from us on the podcast. But if you could donate to a charity that could help save a life, that would be amazing. Obviously, like we said, no pressure. We know it's tough out there, and that is it for today. Hope you enjoy your days, guys, and peace. Yeah.